Join me in celebrating Women's History Month. On March 27th, I'm hosting a special virtual event, For Her, By Her, presented by Fiverr. We'll be spotlighting and interviewing some of the most successful female business owners and their experiences with Fiverr. In the U.S., women are driving growth, and each year that percentage increases. Women-led startups have more than doubled since 2020, and from 2019 to 2023, women-owned businesses' growth rate outpaced the rate of men's in new businesses' employment and revenue. In this panel discussion, you'll hear from top female business owners who have not only started their own companies, but cater to women through their products and services. Don't miss out. Head to bossproject.com slash RSVP and save your seat for this empowering event created by women for women. It's free to attend. I can't wait to see you there. That's bossproject.com slash RSVP. This message is sponsored and brought to you by Fiverr. Today on the podcast, we have Beth Brombos from blogger to author. Beth is a author. Shocking, right? I know. What? But she has been a blogger for many years. She actually wrote about yoga and running. And now she has really spun her business around and started talking about the process of being a blogger and turning your blog content into actual self-published books. So in this episode today, you're going to hear all about that process. Yeah, we are talking about how to take repurposing your content to the next level by creating a book. And I know that sounds like crazy dramatic, but Beth really breaks it down into easy step-by-step so it's not as overwhelming as you might think that it is. And it's totally doable even if you have no design experience, no tech knowledge whatsoever, and you've never written a book before in your life. So give this one a listen. Take some notes down because I'd love to see all of y'all's book inside Amazon like next month, right? You guys can do it. Hello, everybody. We are here with Beth Brombos. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited to be here. We are excited to have someone who's kind of just as obsessed with blogging as we are. I know our people are probably sick and tired of hearing us talk about how amazing a blog can be for your business and how like worth your time it is to put the time and effort into creating the content there and all about repurposing it. But that's kind of your jam and that's what you do and that's what you help others do. So I'm really excited to hear another perspective and how you kind of took that repurposing content like to a next level. So talk to us about your blog a little bit and what you did with that content that not a lot of people are doing yet. Yeah. So I started off as a fitness blogger, actually a running blogger first, and it sort of over time morphed and evolved. And I had been blogging for, I think at that point, three to four years and started to want to monetize my blog essentially to figure out a way that I could maybe make that my career or at least make it a bigger side hustle than what it had been. And so I eventually wound up taking a subset of my blog posts that I had written, repurposing them and turned it into a book that I now sell digitally on my blog, but then also on Amazon as well. And it has been an amazing tool for me, not only because it, you know, deposits money into my bank account every single month, 
but it also has helped me elevate myself as an authority in my niche and just really as an expert. And it's helped bring new people into, you know, my blog, my business, my brand, essentially. And it's just been a huge boon for me. And What really surprised me about it is how easy it was to get the book put together and published. I did it all in less than 30 days. And so really what became a passion of mine was teaching other bloggers about the fact that it is so much easier. And I say bloggers, but really anybody who is a content creator. So if you prefer to do video, you can still take, for example, a transcript of your video and repurpose that into a book. There's a lot of different ways to essentially, and you you mentioned this, repurpose content and put it into something, a book, that can really bring new people into your business in different ways and help you reach a completely new audience. So how how did you come up with that timeline? I think a lot of people would say, oh my gosh, 30 days to a book like that is crazy. And I realize you already had a lot of the content written, but going through it and editing it and figuring out what to compile and how to put it together, was there a path that you followed to get there? What sort of steps did you have to take to make that happen? And so really... What was the motivation for me to get it done so quickly was that I knew that like any project, I think a lot of us who are, you know, entrepreneurs, we have a list of, you know, 20 or 30 different projects we want to do. I know I've got a list of at least 10 of them that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to create this and sell it on my website. I'm going to create that. And there's always a list of stuff that you want to do and it just never gets done. And so I knew that I just needed to sit down and focus on it and get it out the door. And honestly, what helped me, I put together essentially a sales page for it and started taking pre-orders. And once people, once I had that money, Not only was that a great way to test my idea, and I said, okay, people are actually paying me money for, you know, essentially at that point, it was just a PDF download, but people are interested in it enough to where they're going to give me money for it. So then that was a big driving force to also as well, just get it done and get it out there. And for me, I think just the way that I work, you know, there's always something to do. And if you don't have a reason to get it done, it just gets push back further and further and further. And so I needed that shorter timeline to just really kick my hiney into gear and and just do the dang thing. Yeah, totally. So talk to us about those steps. So you're like, okay, I might have enough blog posts. I think this could like go into something. So you talked about creating a sales page. Were you like pulling the blog off, like those specific posts off your site or did you keep them up? Like, did you print them off and edit them? Like, what does that process look like to turn it into something different? Sure, absolutely. Um, And really where I started even before that was just testing my audience to see if this was something that they would even want to do. So I posted on social media. I posted in little, you know, roundup blog posts to just gauge if there was interest in it. And then again, before I started putting in a lot of work, again, this may seem crazy, but I started getting pre-orders because I didn't want to spend hours and hours of my time creating a book that nobody wanted to buy. And so really that sales page was one of the things that I did first. And around the same time, I put together a outline 
for the book, really to give myself some guidance for where I needed to go when I started writing. What I did was go through my my website. So I'm a WordPress blog user and I went through and just honestly looked at the category that I had and made a list of all of the different blog posts that I had written. I honestly put them on sticky notes or wrote down the titles on sticky notes. And then I'm a visual person. So then I was able to literally rearrange them like on my wall. (laughs) It It was a big mess, but it allowed me to organize my thoughts And then I had that outline that once I started getting those pre-orders, I could then go and say, okay, these blog posts are going to go into these sections of the book. And then I literally, yeah, went in and copied and pasted the blog posts that I had and used that as a rough draft. Mm -hmm. So then I did go back, edited it, added more to it, but... That was really the first draft and the basis of my book. And that's the big way that I was able to, again, get that done in 30 days was because I was repurposing all of the content that I had created earlier. Mm -hmm. So did you end up self-publishing and like getting it printed or is it all digital or how does that work? I did. Yeah. So I... Started digitally, but then a few weeks later, I did go through and self-publish through CreateSpace. Okay. And I really encourage all of my clients to really strongly consider self-publishing through CreateSpace. You do keep a greater portion of the royalties and... Self-publishing used to be kind of looked down upon, but it's really not anymore. There are some best-selling books that have been self-published, and especially, you know, if you already have a platform, that's an amazing, you know, you already have the people who are going to be interested in first buying your book, so you've got that going for you. It takes a lot less time to self-publish and really... I'm glad I did that. And that's exactly what I did. Again, I took my digital book and I had it as a PDF and I essentially just went to CreateSpace, uploaded that PDF and had them then print on demand books for people who want to buy them. And it's something that I really encourage others to do as well because it's incredibly low cost, even free if you do it the right way. And it's also incredibly simple and fast to do. That's really awesome. So talk to me about the process of pricing. So you've written the content already for free on your blog, Mm -hmm. and I know that you expanded upon it or made it a little bit different, but how do you kind of go about charging for something that's so readily available online for free already? Mm -hmm. Well, and so I would start with the mindset shift of the fact that you compiling all of that into one spot is valuable. I know that I've personally been on some websites and there's, you know, a six part series that somebody wrote and I'm having to click through and I'm thinking I would pay to just have this in one spot so I could read it all at once instead of having to click through and scroll through the ads and Mm -hmm. all of that other stuff. So it is valuable to people to have, even if you just literally copied and pasted it into a single document. That could be something that somebody would pay for because they don't want to have to deal with scrolling. They can read it offline, that sort of thing. But once you 
have that down. What I did is I went and just got on Amazon and started searching for similar books to the one that I wrote. And I started looking at how they were pricing things. And I looked at what that book contained, the length of the book. And then I looked at my own. And Mm -hmm. I tried to figure out also what made my book unique. And one of the things that I decided that I wanted to have to make my book unique is that it was shorter and that it was condensed and that I didn't add a lot of fluff because my publisher wanted my book to be 50,000 words long. Like it, I mm-hmm. kept it because I was self-publishing to just the stuff that I thought that was most important and really pulled from my experience. So the book is Yoga for Runners and I pulled from my experience teaching yoga to runners for many years. And it's like, I know this is the stuff they need and I know this is the stuff they don't need. And so really I thought that there was value in the fact that my book was 130 pages and that's really what they needed without a bunch of extra stuff that they don't need. And But because it was shorter, my book was smaller, I decided to price it a little lower than what, you know, the other Yoga for Runners books were priced at. And so I just kind of worked to find a sweet spot there and that's really how I settled on my price. Love it. So talk to us about other tips and tricks that you found handy on Amazon. So I know you searched based for price, like how else did you use Amazon and how can someone go there to to make sure that the content that they're putting out is going to be needed? Yeah. And so I think a lot of it, it helps to think about Amazon as a search engine because really it yeah. is functioning that way these days. And so even picking your title and picking your your book cover can be incredibly important because it's it's a visual medium really when people are scrolling through and figuring out what book they want to buy so that i think is really key figuring out a book title that really sells and that really speaks to the pain points of your audience, your niche, who you're going after. Um, And the nice thing too is that you could, you know, say if this is something, a strategy really that you want to go after, you could do, you know, one short ebook, for example, do it through Kindle. And then you could do another one with a slightly different name to where you are teaching similar content, but you're essentially using different titles, that sort of thing to figure out which Mm -hmm. one is going to connect with people the best, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah, A-B test titles on Amazon. So totally. did you did you test any of this with your audience before you sold it? Like I know you said you pre-sold, but did you get them in on picking your title or picking your cover or that sort of thing? So for my first book, I did not. I was just, you know, run with it type of thing. I wanted to get it done as quickly as possible. And I honestly didn't do a lot of research before doing that. I just sort of did everything myself right. yeah. uh, with the help of Google, essentially. So I'm currently, I'm launching my second book actually in less than a month. And that's really teaching bloggers how to do all of this. And for that, I have done some testing. So I had people help me choose the image. I actually went into, for an example, I went into Facebook groups that have a lot of bloggers that are essentially, you know, hey, let's all connect and help each other. And so essentially looking for Facebook groups with people who are in my niche market. And 
gave them three cover options and said, you know, which one speaks to you the best? Which one do you really like? And uh, use that essentially as A-B testing to figure out which one is going to catch the eye of my ideal audience, that sort of thing. The title I chose to keep that was something that was very on brand. But then I had a subtitle that I did work with some people on. And, you know, I think being part of a mastermind community is very helpful. And so I essentially played it off of a mastermind community of bloggers. So again, people who would potentially be interested in purchasing the book and had them help me out with, you know, some of the messaging and the the subtitle of the book, that sort of thing. You mentioned nice. earlier that being on Amazon and, and just creating a book in general really kind of leveled up your expertise and mm-hmm. people started really noticing you. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what has it done for your growth and for your audience? How have you seen your traffic change on your website and your email subscribers change since you've self-published? Sure. Well, and my email list has absolutely grown exponentially since then. I mean, thousands of percent growth. Uh, <laughs> very... Yeah, uh, concerted Mm -hmm. uh, growth. Sorry, (laughs) my brain just gave out. So it's definitely helped my email list. Around the time that I wrote the book, I also sort of went through a mindset shift where I wasn't quite as concerned about the numbers to my blog. And instead, Mm -hmm. I started thinking about more relationships and revenue, that sort of thing. So Mm -hmm. I haven't really as closely tracked the traffic to my website, but I do know that I've had more signups for my programs, more sales of the book, and essentially I'm making more revenue after publishing the book because people are starting to see me as an expert in that field and somebody who's not just writing blog posts that get lost in the masses of other blog posts about that topic, but they're really seeing that I'm the expert in it. And so they're more willing to sign up for my email list. Do they come to me even like guest blogging opportunities? Other bloggers see me as the expert in that niche as well. And so they send people to me as well, who then can later on down the road, become clients, purchase my programs, that sort of thing. What type of information are you including in your book to direct people back to your site? Is there anything clickable? Is there just a small about me page section? What does that look like? So my first book, it was more of just an about me. There aren't any clickables. My upcoming book that I'm releasing, I definitely have clickables. And this is something that I would encourage anybody who is looking at publishing to do is to essentially have a lead magnet that's within your book. So somewhere where people can go to get a download and essentially to get on your list. So for creatives, especially, I think a lot of you would be interested in writing a how-to book, that sort of thing that would go along with your business. With that, it is really simple to create either some worksheets or maybe a downloadable tutorial that's a video, something that just goes along with the book. So if you're teaching somebody how to do something in the book, that I think is the 
natural way to continue there. If you're doing a memoir, you could always include some sort of bonus material or even Mm -hmm. interviews, that sort of thing. But if you're publishing a physical book, just put the, just type in the URL for people to go get that and just make it something really simple. But yeah, if you're doing an ebook, you can obviously include clickable links as well. And you could- Yeah, I've seen people put up like basically the first module of a course as a book Mm -hmm. and talk about how they dive deeper or they offer like one-on-one strategy or something elsewhere and direct them to a sales page. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And I would- completely recommend that or even, you know, just get them on your list and warm them up and then, you know, down the road, get them to sign up for your program, you know, really whatever works best for your niche. But again, you could even do some A-B testing and just, Mm -hmm. you know, the link in the book could just be, you know, whatever your URL is slash book. And then you could try one strategy where you send them and just have them download something for free. The other one, you know, maybe you push them more heavily into a sales funnel and pitch a program sooner rather than later. You could do some A-B testing that way to figure out really what's the most effective way to get them into your business and essentially investing with you. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Today's podcast is sponsored by Squarespace, the only all-in-one website platform we use and recommend to our clients. Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell your products and services all in one place. Visit squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace has professional website templates with designs for nearly every category and use case. Start with a flexible template, then customize it to fit your unique needs. With Squarespace extensions, you can connect your website to vetted third-party tools to fully customize your website exactly the way you want it. Whether you sell services, products, or digital items, Squarespace has the tools you need for your online store. You can now host your videos on Squarespace and show them on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your videos with member areas. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash boss project. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So now that you've published one and you're getting ready to publish another, what sort of lessons are you taking from the first time around that you're either tweaking or changing on this second book? What would you consider anything a mistake that you're like, I wouldn't do that again? (laughs) I think not knowing really everything that I should have been doing, like my lack of research and just sort of doing it by the seat of my pants was the biggest mistake I made. I know I should have had a better launch strategy, which is why I started way ahead of time with the second book. What we were just talking about, having that way to get on your email list or to further the relationship with you. I think that that's key. And that's absolutely something that I'm including in my second book that I didn't on my first. And just really having a better strategy around the book and figuring out how that's going to funnel into other parts of my business. That's a big thing that I didn't do the first time. I just thought, oh, hey, it's an easy way to add some revenue to my business. I'm just going to throw this out there and (laughs) hope that it does well, that sort of thing. I'm a lot more strategic this time around. I have a better vision of where it's going to take me and where it fits into my business. And I think that that's key really to anybody who's thinking about writing a book is to have a better idea of where you're going with it, having a better idea of how you're going to get it into other people's hands, getting a launch team together to help promote it better, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. I think that planning is going to be key. You can definitely just get it out there. But if you really want it to be successful, it's going to be a lot easier to do it all at once rather than do what I did, which is go back after the fact and try to put all of the steps into place later that I should have put into place beforehand. So can you talk to us about your upcoming promotional plan? So what is different? What are some strategies that you're going to test out to get the word out and have an actual launch strategy this time around? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing is having a launch team, period. (laughs) So that I did not do the first time. And I'm definitely working with a launch team this time. Um, I've gotten some great tips from Angela Ford. She is amazing. And she is a book launch pro. So if anybody's interested in learning more about launches, I would check her out. But 
being more strategic about that, even being more strategic about the sales page for my book. I'm going through a course that Angela has on how to create a book sales page and really going into depth with that. I mean, every single thing you do, you can obviously go further into depth about it. And it really... I think you have to sit down and figure out where your time is best spent. And I I know you ladies talk a lot about this, about really figuring out what your end goal is mm-hmm. and really maintaining more focus instead of just going in every different direction and just figuring out, you know, what you want to do. And so I guess what it boils down to for this book as well is figuring out what my main goal was for the book. And really, I want to get this into the hands of a lot of bloggers. And so figuring out that for this launch, I really do need to have a launch team with other bloggers. For this one, I really do need to have a better sales page because it ties back into that purpose of getting more bloggers into it. And so because I'm going into that B2B space, I know that my stuff needs to be better for this book than it did right. for my other book because there wasn't that much competition about yoga for runners. But when I'm starting to get into, again, that B2B space, there's all sorts of competition. And so I really have to t- take a step back and think more strategically about who I'm trying to reach, really my goal with that book and what I need to do to get there. I love it. Yeah. It makes me like want to go back and look at our blog posts, you know, all the free time that we have. Right, because we have a book on Amazon, guys. I don't know if you knew that it's for free. It's basically one of our opt-ins that we have on our own website. That's an ebook, but I think it was one of those things where we tried it and didn't have a plan and didn't have a strategy and really just like put something out there. And I couldn't even tell you what it's doing today. (laughs) Nothing, but you know, Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. we did it ish. Uh, Definitely. We, I don't know. <laughs> Did it, it was not, it was not a book. It was, it was, it was a white paper gone. It was, I don't know. It was, yeah. it was a try. It was an experiment and we didn't put much effort into it. We just assumed, well, we put something on Amazon that all of a sudden we're going to have a million people on our email list or something. But that, that, that is not how Amazon works, mm-hmm. guys. Even if it's free. Because this thing was free, like we didn't even charge for it, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, well, and so I think that that brings up an important point, too, about pricing and just about, you know, and this can apply really to anything, even a course, that sometimes giving away something for free doesn't do anybody any service because they're not invested in it. And so they're not going to follow through. But if they buy your book and they pay like 10 bucks for it, that might make them take it more seriously because Mm -hmm. they just spent a bunch of money on it. And well, I mean, relatively for a book. And that, again, makes them take it more seriously because they want to actually apply what they've learned. And so something to think about, again, pricing, whether it's a book, whether it's a course, is to take into consideration what do people need to invest in order to really implement what you're teaching. So, Yeah, for sure. Oh, I just want to challenge you for a minute because I just, I'm curious at this. I mean, I've always dreamt of writing a book. It's always been on my bucket list. 
But the thing, the biggest thing now that's held me back from doing it isn't necessarily time. I can make time if it's something I truly want to do. But my bigger concern Mm -hmm. is that by the time it gets out, all the information will be outdated (laughs) or that it won't stay relevant (laughs) long enough, at least in our industry. And so can you Mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about staying relevant and like, how do you keep, what do you see like the future of books? Like, how is that going to stay going? Like, I don't think books are going away. Like, I think newspapers are. That's my personal thought that I don't think a newspaper is going to exist forever. I think books will, but I think the way we use them and interact with them will change. So what is your thought on the future of books? Yeah. So it's pretty deep. What is your thought on the future of books? (laughs) I agree. I think that they're going to continue to be an important medium just because it is a low cost way to get a deep dive into a subject. Mm-hmm. So I could read a book put out by, you know, a famous business coach and get information from them for less than $20, or I could invest right. thousands of dollars in their, in, you know, one of their coaching programs. And so it is, I think, a good low cost way to get people exposed to you and to your knowledge. One of the nice things about self-publishing is, well, number one, again, it takes a lot less time. As soon as you've got it written, you can immediately get it up on, for example, what I use is um, Amazon's Kindle Direct Publishing and Amazon's Create Space. So the minute I'm done, I can get it on KDP. I can get it on create space and start churning out copies. So there's, you know, maybe a week of lag time or something, sometimes even less. And then they do make it very easy to go ahead and do updates. So essentially a second edition of your book or just, you know, for example, when I did the first draft of my book, I started last summer and I was going through and wrote a big section about Snapchat. But Snapchat, I think, isn't quite as big in the B2B space as it used to be. And so even as I'm preparing for my book launch, I'm having to go back and edit the stuff that I wrote last summer. But I also know that once it's published, I have the option to go in and very easily upload a second edition or with Kindle books, digital books, it's really easy to just go back and tweak it, and then it essentially comes out similar to a new edition, but it's very easy to update, essentially. So if you are in a space where the information is constantly evolving, especially digitally, it's a very easy way to continue to update things. Yeah. How do you think the writer of the all the dummies books, Mac for dummies, iPhone for dummies, I bet every time one of those gets printed, they're like, damn it. Uh, And they have to actually like, there's like a bunch of them out there. Are you still going to do the print on demand option for your second book or are you going to order stock? So I, for me, um, in the pricing of my book, the really, it comes out to be cheaper to just have Amazon send them out for me. Um, I try not to 
publish or well, I guess it's just my personal choice to keep the price of my books relatively low, you know, a little under $10, that sort of thing. I just find that that's a price point that works well for me. But then when you consider printing costs and everything, that means that I'm even just to order a book, it's costing me six or $7 to get the book. So many people have Amazon Prime these days, or they do the, you know, the minimum where you get free shipping. And so I've discovered that, you know, to keep up with it, I would have to cover the cost of shipping. And then I'm left with a dollar in my pocket or my royalties from Amazon are several dollars a book. So it's just easier for me to do the print on demand. I'm not going to the uh, post office Mm -hmm. as often. That sounds like a breeze. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So even if, you know, I was going to get an extra dollar in my pocket for book per book for, you know, keeping a stockpile at my house and then mailing them out for ease of, you know, my life. I'd just rather yeah. have Amazon take care of it. No, that sounds like a dream. <laughs> Absolutely. So talk to me about, okay, if everyone's listening and they're like, okay, I've got some content up. I got some stuff I might want to turn into a book. That elusive passive income sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. How can someone know like, if they're actually ready to dive into this? What are some questions they can ask themselves about their content and about their ultimate goal that would lead them to the right direction? Yeah, so I would say to first think about what your goal is for your platform and your brand and really where do you want to take it? Do you just want to make enough money to hit an income goal or do you really want to position yourself as an expert in your niche? Mm -hmm. And having that book, again, can really elevate your expert status. So if your niche is one where having a book would really help make you a bigger name. And I think, for example, in the B2B space, definitely having a book can help. Really, it comes down to how are you going to set yourself apart from everybody else who's your competition? And a book can be a great way to do that. And so if that is in your ultimate if that helps you get to your ultimate goal for where you want your business to be, that's awesome. Again, people can find you through Amazon who aren't going to find you from just a Google search, for example. So it can be a way to, again, build your base, build your leads that way. So if your audience is going to be on Amazon and interested in buying your book there, I definitely think that that's something that you could prioritize But then, you know, if just the timing in the marketplace is right for a book on your topic, that might be a time to jump in as well. But most people, I suggest, um, I guess to most of my clients, to have a book that's around 15,000 to 20,000 words. Some of the business books are going to be even longer, closer to 50 or 60. But it's important to keep in mind that the longer the book is, the fewer people are going to finish it. And so it kind of comes down, I think, to knowing your niche audience and knowing how much time they have. For me, I know bloggers are super busy and, you know, um, content creators, entrepreneurs, there's no time. And so I want to keep my book relatively short to where I give them the information they need to get their book out there. But at the same time, I don't want to make it longer just for the sake of it being longer. Because I know that they need to get through it. When I'm reading a book for pleasure, I like it long and meaty. When it's for strategy, short and sweet. And like the last three books that I've gotten recommended, the first line is, check out this book. It's super short. 
And like, it was super helpful. And that's, that's key. I think when you're, especially talking to B2B. Yeah. And so length two will depend on whether or not you intend to publish a physical book. If you just want to do digital, you can keep it shorter. If you want to do physical, there are page length minimums in order to get like the spine printed. So then you'll have to keep that in mind when you are, again, writing your book. But my first book was only 13,000 words, but then it because it was a yoga book, I included a lot of photos because it was Mm -hmm. by necessity Mm -hmm. visual. So the word length could be shorter because I was adding other visuals into the book to make the actual page length longer. So length will really depend on, again, what your goal is for the book and whether, again, you're going to be putting in those visuals with the pictures, that sort of thing. But Then it, you know, once you have a ballpark idea for how many words your book needs to be, then you can just go through and start like copying and pasting your blog posts. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you start to have a pretty high word count if you've been blogging about that topic for a little while and your book comes together incredibly quickly. one Mm -hmm. of the things I can see stopping people is layout and like, they're like, but okay, I can write the thing, but then making it look nice on the pages like who does that how does that happen can I hire someone for that is that expensive like what do I do so talk to talk to me about (laughs) that process when you're self-publishing is it something you can easily do yourself or um, would you suggest hiring So you can definitely do it yourself. And especially if your book is just text and not a lot of pictures, it's really easy to do yourself. You can also definitely pay people to do it. So Amazon actually offers that service for several hundred dollars where you can give them your manuscript and they'll format it. It's a little more expensive if you have pictures in there, that sort of thing. But there are certainly also freelancers who will format for you. But really what it comes down to is making sure that you have the right margins and the right page size, and you can actually download templates for Microsoft Word for that for free from Amazon. So from CreateSpace, from Kindle Direct Publishing, they make it, they actually make the template for you. So you just download it, open it in Microsoft Word, and then essentially copy and paste your manuscript into it. So that formatting part actually doesn't have to be that difficult. But then really all you need to do is keep in mind that like, okay, I want my chapter titles to be this font in this size and justified to the right side, for example, and then just go through and make sure that every chapter looks like that and that your subheadings all have the same font size and the same justification, same capitalization, that sort of thing, and just keep that consistent throughout the book and then you formatted it yourself. So it's actually a lot easier than I think people might think to do that. If you're going to have a very graphic intensive book or if you want it to look very fancy on the inside, that's where you might consider hiring a designer or you could use a service like Blurb, um, which is a little more expensive to get books printed through but they do have free software that you can use to actually lay out your book with pictures and text and that sort of thing. So again, if you're going to have a lot of photos, color photos, that sort of thing, like a cookbook, a photography book, it might be 
that's one of the cases where you might want to go through something like Blurb, which actually you can also design in Lightroom if you're into photography, and then print through Blurb. Or you could, again, just hire a designer, a graphic designer to actually put so it all together. So what is the you. file type you submit? Awesome. Is it generally like a, a doc or is it, can you submit InDesign files or how does that work? So you can do docs, but I think the recommended, if I remember correctly, the recommended okay. format is PDF. So you can just save, and that's honestly how I've submitted all of mine is as of PDF. That's for the actual physical book. For Kindle Direct Publishing, you submit actually an mm. HTML file, but they convert. There are yeah. ways that I remember going through exactly, that process exactly. with the with the crazy little ebook we did. It was. I was not necessarily <laughs> as yeah, happy because so you don't have as much control because things can shift based on what type mm-hmm. of reader someone's using. Mm-hmm. So I was like, but but it was so pretty when I formatted it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's when that's the downside of, you know, making a book Kindle available instead of just selling it as a PDF on your website. They can always right. import a PDF to their Kindle and read it. But at the same time, because Digital books are so big. And because Amazon Kindle, I think it has something like 70% of the market share, at least in terms of digital books, like it's really smart to just go ahead and put it on Kindle, even if it's mm-hmm. not going to be as pretty. Awesome. Well, let's head yeah. into our talk strategy to me. Ready? Okay. So tell us what people can do like literally this week if they're like, okay, okay, okay. I might need some more content. I might need to like get my head around this for a little bit. What are like three to five steps that they could be taking to at least like get started with the idea of creating a freaking book out of their blog post? Mm -hmm. So the first thing I recommend people do is create an avatar for their reader. You might already have this for your business if you don't smart thing to do. but And it could be that your reader avatar is the same as your business avatar, but figure out who you're writing the book for. Then go out and find people who closely resemble your reader avatar. Again, they may already be your followers and test your book idea. And this is especially important if you, if it's not just like a bucket list item, but if you actually want your book to get read and if you want people to buy your book, start asking them, would you buy my book on this topic? (laughs) Really get the feedback that way and be sure to ask them not would they read it, but would they buy it? Because some people, they'd be like, oh, sure, yeah, if you hand me a copy, I'd read it, but I'm not going to spend my money for it. And especially if this is something that you want to do to, you know, add a little passive income to your business, you need to make sure that it is going to sell. So those are two big planning steps that I would recommend doing before you even like go any further is figure out who you're writing your book for and are those people actually going to want your book. Once you've got that down, then I would recommend doing a little bit of planning. Again, I really strongly recommend having an outline because I think it helps keep you focused. It helps get you past that sense where you're going to sit down at a computer and be like, Oh, blank screen. Am I going to? Yes, exactly. It gets you past the blank screen because it gives you a topic that you're actually going to sit down and write about that day if you're working on a section or a chapter, whatever it is. So that outline is really going to 
give you the path to where you need to go and it's going to make everything else down the road a lot easier. Awesome. That was super helpful. Yeah. I'm like pretty pumped yeah. about it. I hope you guys like <laughs> go like, put some books on the Amazon. Are we writing that book again? <laughs> I know, right? And this is really my big message that I want to get out to as many people as possible, and especially entrepreneurs, creatives, content creators, is that it's so much easier than you think. I think, mm-hmm. you know, what holds a lot of people back is that they think it's going to be incredibly difficult. And this is, you know, I have been giving preview copies of my book to people. And this is the universal message is that they keep saying this is a lot more attainable than I thought it would be. And really, I that I would hope would be the big take home message that your listeners will get from this episode is that it, it really is so much easier than you think. And Having that book is really going to help elevate your blog, your business, your brand, whatever it is. And so just really want to encourage people to strongly think about writing a book because it is going to do so much for you. And it's not this daunting mountain to climb that you think it is. It's a lot easier to reach that point. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your tips. That was incredibly helpful. How about you tell everyone where they can hang out with you online? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me online at bloggertoauthor.com. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash bloggertoauthor. And I have a free community where we help encourage each other to get writing, uh, get feedback, get help promoting your books, that sort of thing. You can find that at bloggertoauthor.com slash community. And that will forward you to the right place. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. And if it's okay, I do want to add real quick those action steps that I talked you through. I do have a set of free worksheets that people can get to work them essentially through those first steps, creating that reader avatar, figuring out who your book, or I guess testing your book, figuring out if people will actually buy it, creating an outline, that sort of thing. You can get that at bloggertoauthor.com slash download. Awesome. Guys, go get it. Get writing. (laughs) I believe in you. I believe in you too.